Welcome to the Unstuck Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Miner. This weekly no-fluff mindset show arms you with the practical tools you need to get unstuck so you can get exactly what you want out of life. Remember, when you change your mind, your life will follow. Let's get into today's episode. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Unstuck. Thank you for joining me on this episode. It's a special one. First of all, it's a Tuesday edition, which we know and love now here on Unstuck, but it's also the first ever guest to come on the Unstuck podcast and share their journey and story. This is so fun for me, and I think it will be really fun for you as someone who has been a podcaster for a long time, specifically in the nutrition space and the health space, and talking to so many people and interviewing so many people now, and really honing in on their expertise and using it as a way to teach listeners more about their health and different modalities and different things to look out for to have a place where guests can come on and just share their stories and experiences and places that they have been stuck in their lives and just show up being very vulnerable and being willing to be open with us, the Unstuck community, in ways they may have never opened up before or talked about things they've never talked about before in public. And it may even be that they go into things that aren't their area of expertise, but they can just feel they are in a safe place to do so. And it gives us the chance to see a different side of these people that come on the show and get to know them a little better and know some of the struggles they've gone through, how they've gotten themselves out, what's transformed for them in the process, and use that to guide our own journey and practice. This is just so beyond cool for me. This is something I've always wanted to really just have these kinds of conversations that can span beyond just nutrition and health and supplements and things you shouldn't shouldn't do for your health and go where it really counts and where it really matters, this is the good stuff and something I have been dreaming about for a long time. So we're kicking it off today and I think that you are going to love this episode with someone many of you probably already know, although I think will also be an introduction for some of you who haven't been in the keto space before and don't know who Leanne Vogel is, but If you have been at all remotely even one day spent in the keto community, then you are very familiar with Leanne. So let me introduce her to you. Leanne Vogel is a three-time best-selling author and holistic nutritionist turned love rebel. She gained worldwide recognition for her unique no-limits paleo-friendly approach to the keto lifestyle in 2015 and has since helped Thousands of people create the life they deserve and assist them on their journey by providing daily actions that create measurable results. She wholeheartedly believes that you can replace your struggles, restrictions, and deprivations with kindness, radiance, and pleasure. With love at the forefront of all her actions, Leanne was slowly able to free herself of 10-year struggle with an eating disorder, do away with drug addiction, and gain the power needed to deal with emotional turmoil. She gave up fighting and grew into the person she was meant to be, a love rebel. 
Now she is expanding her teachings by going back to her roots and including intuitive healing, energy work, and mindset practices into her pursuit of helping others through her podcast, Love Rebel, one-on-one healing sessions, and an online community. All right, let's get into it with my good friend and colleague, Leanne Vogel. Leanne, thank you so much for coming on Unstuck today. Oh my gosh, Sean, this is crazy. Thank you so much for having me. It really is crazy. It is crazy on so many levels. I think the biggest thing, first of all, is you are my first ever guest on Unstuck. And I don't know if you know this, but you are my first ever guest on Keto for Women. So no. yes. So we are just repeating. Okay, this is a tradition. Yeah, it is. It really is. So on my next podcast. <laughs> I will be there, my friend. I will be there. <laughs> um, but it also is just so cool because we all we truly have become real friends. And we do, I think we have some sort of like soul spirit mm-hmm. sister vibe between us because we have made so many similar decisions and changes and lifestyle choices and everything that are like very like in sync with each other. And so we have, we have a vibe between each other, I think. It's so cool. Every time I look over, I'm like, you know, cause you get so busy in the hustle bustle of everyday life and I'll check out your feed. I'm like, no way she's doing this too. It's just so cool to know that, you know, to have that camaraderie, even though we may not be talking all the time to kind of look over and be like, oh, I feel like I'm on the right path because Sean's doing this too, you know, like we kind of feed off each other without even knowing. So it's, it's really cool. Yeah. So for those that don't know, um, you had a similar kind of transition phase where you've been talking about keto for a very long time. It was like your business and your life and all the things. And then you got to a point where you did start making this transition to speak about other really important things in your life and have now changed the trajectory of your message. Um, so why don't you share with us, just give us a little bit of background about you and then how that all happened for you. Yeah. So I studied holistic nutrition in 2007 and it took me a bunch of years to figure out kind of like what my message was. I was vegan. I dabbled in paleo. And then because I had lost my period for eight years, um, I was introduced to keto, found that it could be really helpful for my hormones, did that whole thing. And then believe it or not, in 2015, so this was a year after I'd used keto to get my period back. I was feeling really good. I felt very strongly called to stop talking about keto. Now, this was 2015, okay? Like, I hadn't written my best-selling, like, three books. I hadn't Mm -hmm. done my YouTube channel yet. I hadn't done my podcast yet. And I just had this, like, strong need. But as anyone can attest, sometimes there are these moments in your life where you see, like, a fork in the road and you choose the money route. Mm -hmm. And I very much said either I can continue to – And this isn't a true belief, like this is a limiting belief that I have that I've had to work through, but I saw a fork in the road of this is the easy way that's going to make me money so I can live my best life. This is not fair logic. (laughs) And then on this side is like, I can continue to be a struggling artist, not make any money and have to get a part-time job to support my family. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I just saw, you know, as having to continue on. And it's not like I didn't love keto or think that it was a very powerful eating style and continue to think that it's great for a lot of people. It's just when your soul wants what your soul wants, a lot of the times we don't listen. And so I didn't listen and I continued to create 
keto things and nutrition stuff and did all the things and felt really good doing it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm so thankful for writing the books and learning so much about myself in the process and really digging deep into what I wanted and coming to a pivotal point where, um, a couple of uh, Januarys ago, I think it was like January, 2017. Um, my husband and I were living in our RV. We had sold all of our things. We were living a life that we thought was good in the moment, you know, as we all do. And I was um, invited to go on um, national television and talk about keto. And this was like the moment I had been working up toward my entire career, like 10 years. This is it. I've made it. This is huge. And I woke up the next morning and I um, couldn't feel the left side of my body. Wow. And this was terrifying. I woke wow. up. I like had a little convulsion. Like it wasn't a seizure. It was like a convulsion thing. And my entire neck, my left side of my body or face went to one side of my neck and I could not move it. Like I couldn't move it. It was like my ear was glued to my shoulder. I could not move it. So after I had had this convulsion and Kevin had watched me do this, he called the ambulance, like he called 911. Like, I don't know what's wrong with my wife. She can't talk. She's like shaking. Her head is stuck to one side. I don't know what to do. So I went into the hospital in Vegas, paid a ton of money as a Canadian to do that. That was really fun. Um, and they didn't know what was wrong with me. They gave me some painkillers, sent me home and I was in a lot of pain and I couldn't understand. And it was just, I had to cancel. And the moment I made that phone call, I'm not even kidding you, everything stopped. My ear came back up. I could feel everything. And I was like, um, okay, your girl's <laughs> going to need to do some wow. self-evaluation here. And that was like the first like, okay, you haven't been listening, Leanne. You haven't been listening. Like, mm -hmm. And my body was like very strongly telling me, this path you're on is not okay. And you've pushed yourself well beyond where you should have. You need to start listening now. And that was like the, okay. <laughs> Your body physically made it impossible. Yeah. Like made it impossible. There's no way you can show up on national television when you can't feel the left side of your body and your ear is stuck to your shoulder. Like, wow. I, I couldn't talk properly. Now, do you know what it was? Have you ever found out besides just like energy physically keeping you from being able to move forward with this? Yeah. So I found that there is an energy point right under my left shoulder that whenever I do something that I don't want to do, <laughs> like that I shouldn't be doing, I get this pain and it vibrates up my left shoulder. And if I ignore it a little bit too long, that same thing will occur because it's happened about three times, not to that extent, mm -hmm. but like the minute I'm not doing something authentic, I can feel it. And I'm a very intuitive person. I've worked really hard on my intuition ever since I was little to build this ability. And I know that everyone has this ability mm -hmm. to feel different things and what do these pains mean? Um, and energetically, it's that I, I wasn't on the right path. So anytime I feel that, I'm like, okay, what have I committed to that I didn't want to do, but I thought I should do? And um, it's just this really great um, little nudge of like, hey, Leanne, nope, nope recorrect <laughs> get back try get again back. yeah try again <laughs> choose the other option but that really was your kind of light bulb moment yeah. like things have got to shift now so what did you do then um i wrote two more books <laughs> wow yeah i wrote two more books but during the process um Kevin and I drove to uh, Florida and we were sitting on the beach because we really wanted some beach time. 
and we fell in love with the ocean right there and then together decided that we wanted to live on a sailboat like right there i had never met anyone who lived on a sailboat i had never been on a sailboat i had never been on the ocean like away from land and uh, we drove back to Alberta in Canada, sold our RV that we had been living in for about a year and a half and drove in our U-Haul down to Florida to, sh- to get our boat. So um, that was like the first big, big thing. And I realized that like life is too short and I've always felt like I'm going to look back at whatever age and be like, oh my gosh, that was over in the, f- the blink of an eye. And I, I don't want to feel like I said no out of fear. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I don't want to let fear decide what I do. And I think for so long I've allowed fear and fear is not real. Fear is something that we make up. It's not an actual thing. And I've allowed fear to stop me from doing everything. And this beautiful thing happens when you're on the edge of fear and you're feeling fear and you do it anyway, that box that you've kept yourself in expands and then there's no fear there. And then you find the next, you know, you find the layers of that box again that you've put yourself in and you find the fear and you sit in that fear and then the box extends. And so that's kind of the trajectory that I've put on my life of just, okay, where's the fear? How can I extend into that? Okay, there it is. Okay, surrender, surrender, stay present. Oh, it's gone. Okay, let's find it again. Um, So that's led me to, although I'm still doing a lot of the keto stuff because I do I do like the nutrition stuff. I do like the science stuff. I've started up my new show called Love Rebel. I'm now doing intuitive healing sessions with people. Um, so I've, I've really started to delve back into my roots, which is what my parents taught me. I grew up in a very um, mystical family that taught me a lot of, to do with crystals and meditating and healing. And so I'm really getting back to what I ignored for a really long time out of fear of being judged um, of being outcasted and just doing it because I know that that's what I'm meant to do right now. So then was it that moment that you were like, okay, my body needs healing. I'm going to go back to my roots. I'm going to go back to what I know and heal it in this way, instead of looking, you know, like we had been as nutritionists, um, for another thing we could cut from our diet or from a supplement we could take something like that. Instead, you went this route this time. And that was really where things started to all fit together. You know what? It's funny. You know, when you look back on your life, I probably think subconsciously that's what I did. But in the moment after the thing with my shoulder, it was like, okay, this isn't working, but I really want to go to the ocean. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the ocean. And then I'm at the ocean and I'm like, do you, you know, I look over at my husband. I'm like, do you like living on land? Like, do you like forests or do you like ocean? And he says, oh, I like ocean. And I'm like, I like ocean too. Why are we living in the forest? Mm. Okay. So like, I think at the time, subconsciously, I knew that that's where I was going, but I was just following my intuition and what felt good. And that was going to Destin, Florida oh my gosh, sailboats, let's sell our RV. And all these steps led up to this moment when we were on our sailboat, we had been learning for six months. Had I known what a struggle it would be to learn how to sail? Like, this is not something people do. Like, I've never sailed before. Let's buy a 60-foot boat and figure it out as we go. Like, that fear and the amount of um, unraveling of everything that I thought was real in my life. That was kind of the moment we had been learning how to sail for six months. We had gone out for two months on our own and had problem after problem after problem. And I'm a control freak. If there's a problem, I will fix it. And when there are problems, life is bad. And when there are no problems, life is good. So in in learning how to sail and living in an environment on the ocean where 
everything that can go wrong will go wrong. It's inevitable. It is dangerous at times. You don't know where you're going to be tomorrow. Heck, you don't even know where you're going to be in 10 minutes. Like something could break, you know, like something bad could happen. Something good could happen. You just never know. So you have to kind of just surrender to it. And I think that, you know, when, when mother nature very strongly showed us what she was capable of, um, I realized that I needed to go back to my roots. And I think that I had been on that path over the last couple of years, but it was in that moment of, oh, wind is really powerful. It could kill me. Okay, got this. That I was, that I was like jolted into like, oh, right. The spiritual path. I know this. I know how to meditate. I know how to, you know, heal. I know how to do all these things. So it it was like that moment, but you know, all these moments lead up to other moments, which come to a moment where you're like, oh, this whole time, this is what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? Yes, for sure. And it seems like your intuition was just like, okay, if I can just tell her to take the path of the mm-hmm. boat, if this can happen, then this is where everything will be learned. You know, it's like this step will then lead to every single thing that you need to learn here so that that doesn't happen again, so that you can get on the path that's best for you. Because right now you're going down the wrong road. It was like that intuitive sense. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Totally. And it's so crazy because looking back, it's like, whoa. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I love about our own intuition that I don't think any of us are taking the advantage nearly enough in that it is always going to guide you in the right direction. But often, like all the time, it comes with fear because it's going to take you out of your comfort zone. It's going to take you where you don't think that you should go because it may not be mm-hmm. safe. And that, of course, comes with fear. But like you said, when you can see the fear, but then still move forward, then it just expands and expands and expands. And you end up actually using your intuition and doing what is best for you in that moment. And it's like, it's not actually scary. Like it is at the time, but then afterwards it's like, no, this is what I needed to do. And I think too, what I've realized over the last year or so is that fear is your logic. So how I like to think of it is like you have this higher self or your essence, your soul, your intuition, whatever you want to call it. And she knows no limits. She's like, yeah, buy a sailboat, learn how to sail, do whatever, girl, you got this. (laughs) And then your ego is like, no, no, you can't do that. You're going to die and it's going to be bad. How are you going to pay for it? How are you going to learn? And that creates this fear. And so when I'm sitting with a decision and every moment we have a choice, right? We can either rise up and take the higher self route or we can, you know, lower our vibration and take the ego fear route. When I'm faced with a decision or I'm frustrated with something or I'm like, okay, what am I doing here? The boundlessness option where there is no fear, where she's like, let's do it. That's what I try to go for because that ego is just trying to keep Mm -hmm. you safe. And that fear and that logic is just looking at it logically and saying, this makes no sense. But your higher self doesn't know limits. Like she just doesn't see limits because the limits don't actually exist. Mm, So true. And so that's been really helpful for me of just like, okay, there are no limits. You know, I think of all of our lives as almost like these, these little beehives, right? These little like matrix, like beehives I've broken, you know, I'm not living in Airdrie, Alberta in my house that I used to, because I I have that call to listen to my higher self and be like, no limits. Let's do this. Where can I go? What can I do? What, 
and it allows you to up level yourself more than you ever thought possible because your ego keeps you in that safety because it's safe and it's known. So that's how I kind of look at it. So it was also your intuition that led you guys to sell your house, your again, comfort zone big time, I would imagine, and buy an RV and live out of an RV. For I'm a year sure and a half. like it's so random. Like, I, I mean, I look at my life sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it's so absolutely fascinating to me. Let me just tell you that. It's completely fascinating to me too, because like five years ago, I never ever would ever imagine in a bazillion years that I'd be sitting in the Exumas in the Bahamas with my laptop looking out at like the ocean, <laughs> you know, chatting with you and living on a sailboat. Like, it's so random, but like, when you, when you don't allow your fears, like when you look at fear and you say, thank you for protecting me from vulnerability or bankruptcy, I see that. I'm going to go with the boundless choice. I'm sure that moving into the RV was a way to get me out of living in this space of thinking that my job was the only thing that was important. You know, I, I do think mm. in that moment I was like career and I want to get on TV and I want to become not famous, but I want to be that brand name that everyone looks to for nutrition advice. And I had been working so hard to do this to being now is like, I really don't care. I, as long as I have enough money mm -hmm. in my bank account that I can like do the things I want to do and help the people that I need to help and I am divinely supported, I don't really need to be anyone or do anything. And that's been a very mm -hmm. interesting shift. And I think moving from the house to the RV was that like turning point of, you know, there's so much more to life than working. There's so much more to life than money. There's so much more to life than um, constantly striving for the next thing. Um, and I think that that was definitely the the point that got me there. But I think when we look back on our life, you know, over the last five years, especially of me making that commitment, um, it all makes sense now, but it didn't make sense at the time. And I think that's what we're saying is like that intuition of just like, what do you dream of? Like when you were a kid, before you knew limits, what did you want to do with your life? And where did your imaginary friends go? my imaginary friends went everywhere. They'd come and see me and they'd be like, we just <laughs> went to Africa and it was so awesome. We saw the elephants and then we went, you know, like what did you dream of before you were told that there were limits on life? And I think that is just such a powerful place to be in, to remember that you are boundless and you could do anything. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of having a dream, no matter what your age, no matter where you live, no matter how many kids you have, it doesn't matter. Like having a dream is so important. It, it feels good. It just feels good, first of all, but it's so important to really even tap into your intuitive sense and to make that next move and to increase your vibration and start connecting with your higher power. Like you have to start with a dream because then that's how it can continue on the right path for you. Um, so yeah, having a dream and thinking back, I love even just thinking back to like, what did you want to be when you grew up? You know, like we all had that thing that was probably pretty crazy of what we wanted to be that now, um, might seem like, oh, that's not possible, but we used to dream. And now we kind of have stopped that because even just society or someone or our parents, somebody told us it wasn't actually possible. And that's not what we believe. So I think that's really super important. Um, I want to see if you can kind of tell us or describe to us what it's like 
to grow up in this environment because that is so foreign to me. I had to learn how to meditate when I was like in my 30s. So, um, <laughs> so I'm very fascinated by this. What was it like in your uh, life or in your family growing up? Yeah, I think I, if you believe in this sort of thing, I really feel like I chose my parents and the relationship I have mm -hmm. with my parents has a lot of different complicated layers to it. Like when I was little, my parents were like very hands-on and taught me so much about spirituality. And my mom had this bowl of crystals and every morning she would ask us to pick one and then we would hold the crystal and give it our energy and like put it in our pocket and think about it all day and we would pull angel cards and talk about the different angels and what they did and how to pray with them and how to seal everything we did with white light so like when I was leaving home I would seal my backpack with white light so I knew that at any time I could mm. you know like all these little things that I just thought like you know, like my mom, I just thought it was normal. And I remember when I was, uh -huh. I don't know, maybe 11 or so telling my friends like, oh yeah, my backpack is sealed with white lights. We'll be totally safe. It's okay. And they're like, uh, what? And I think that was one of my first um, memories of being like, oh, this isn't normal. But I think my, my parents, you know, my dad is a very intense healer. Like he has always been just, I don't know, this very masculine force that I had in my life, which was so beautiful growing up to see that and witness that. And with my mom, she was very feminine, very feminine energy and really taught me a lot about just like being with nature, being in touch with nature. Like I would look at butterflies with her for hours and it was a form of meditation. I know mm -hmm. this now where we would just like watch flames and we would watch a flame and we would become the flame and we would watch butterflies and you know all those little things um learn how to do it wasn't tarot cards or anything like that it was just like the oracle cards and reading them and pulling out decks and I know that my mom taught me how to heal with crystals so she would put all these crystals out and then she'd be like which one do you feel aligns with your body right now and I'd pick up a crystal and she'd say okay where do you want to put that crystal like where does it feel good and I'd put it on my wrist and then we would learn about you know like amethyst is good for uh, you know, nurturing your mother wound and, you know, going into all this stuff. So I just thought it was completely normal. We also did drumming circles mm -hmm. and I learned, um, we lived in a small town where there was a, um, a lot of drumming circles that happened and cleansing things and all sorts of stuff um, from our Native Americans. And so that was really nice to be able to learn from them as well. So it was a really beautiful upbringing of music and culture and healing. And yeah, and then we moved away from the place where we grew up and my parents changed. I changed. I um, had a really rough teenage upbringing at that point I got kicked out of my house because I was addicted to drugs and had an eating disorder and that kind of created this large separation between my parents and I which has never really truly gotten to where it was before um and put me on a path of like almost 20 years of <laughs> intense healing and um intense harm also to my body um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely beautiful to learn and it's amazing as I've opened it up and surrounded myself with amazing humans that I'm starting to remember all those things that I learned as a kid, mm -hmm. which is really cool. And 
it's like, oh yeah, I knew how to do this. Like I, I know how to do this. Um, so that that's been really nourishing to like come home in myself. I think I fought it for a really long time. I think that was definitely part of the eating disorder stuff and the drug stuff was like, I was scared of stepping into my light and stepping into that power. And I think it scared me a lot that I resisted it for a really long time. Yeah. So I was going to ask about that, that period of your life, it seemed to come after having this, you know, really spiritual uh, upbringing and being very open and um, using your intuition and learning that. And then was that almost like a backlash against it perhaps in that time of your life? No, I think a lot of things that I'm reading now, um, I'm really interested in like new earth concepts and um, really delving deep where I started as a kid of like learning about star seeds and different souls and incarnations and things. I think, you know, not to get too woo woo, but I think a lot. Oh, you can get woo woo. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to get woo-woo on you. Okay. So I really feel like a lot of souls, this may be the first time that they've been here. And I've always felt, you know, like when people say, oh, this person's an old soul. I never really attached to that. And I always thought it was so weird because I knew that I didn't, I didn't feel like I was new. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I know stuff, but I don't know if I know body stuff. Like, I don't know if I've done this earth thing. And so everyone would say like, oh, you know, so-and-so is an old soul. And be like, I don't connect to that. I know that I'm not new, but I know that I'm not old. And I know I've never done this before. So I think for me, when I was resisting all the spirituality stuff, I was really just resisting a body. Mm. I've always not really, like during that time, I've always felt, even as a kid, like, this is foreign to me, this body thing. I feel so heavy. I don't feel right. This does, it feels weird. It's limiting. I just want to like fly and go places and do stuff like this is dumb. And so, you know, as I became a teenager and people are telling me you're just a body and you need to look a certain way and you need to do a certain thing. I think I just resisted being in a body. I didn't want to be here anymore. Um, I was just slowly killing myself and I was okay with it. I just really didn't want, I I was so uncomfortable being here. And so I think now understanding that there are other people that feel that way Mm -hmm. and that, you know, it could be your first time on, on this planet. You could have been a star in another galaxy chilling out because it's all energy. Mm -hmm. And so that to me is really interesting of just, we're all energy and, I think when certain energies get into certain things, I definitely felt like I didn't belong here. And I, I think that's what I was resisting is just my body mm-hmm. and just this, this life that didn't feel right to me. So how did you get yourself out of that space? How did you get more comfortable with what you're experiencing now? I mean, you, were, you said you were addicted to drugs, you got kicked out eating disorder. So obviously that was a low vibe kind of space for you at that time of your life, but you dug yourself out and here you are now today in a totally different uh, vibrational energy match there. So what, um, what happened in that time? Somebody saw like the light in me and said something that I really needed to hear. It was a colleague. Um, and he had seen how sick I was and how much I needed help. And he said like, you're just so wonderful. I don't want anything bad to happen to you. And this was basically a stranger. Like he doesn't really know me, but he saw something in me and said, I think you need to learn about nutrition. There's a school, it's down the road. You should go and check it out. And that was kind of like, 
nice that a complete stranger, like I worked with him, saw him like once in a while would say something like that. And it was so authentic and he had done research for me. Wow. And it was just such a nice feeling of somebody believing in me because I really didn't have, you know, I had pushed my parents away, my whole family away. Like I really didn't have anyone. And so for a complete stranger to see that in me was really beautiful. And then um, just really knowing like I'm worthy, I'm enough and I have something to do. And I didn't know what that something was, but I went to the nutrition school and it spoke to me and there were a lot of, people there that were like me and talked like me. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then in that class, in the spiritual section, we had to learn, you know, cause it's a holistic nutrition school. So we learned about spirituality and I got Reiki certified. Um, and that was really cool. And I really liked that. And it was so neat to bring in my childhood. If I'd been doing Reiki since I was little, I didn't know what it was, but to go through the program and then just like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I've been doing. And I found my people. Mm -hmm. And once I found my people, then it was like, okay, there, it doesn't need to hurt. You know, it doesn't need to feel uncomfortable. I can speak to other people and with other people that have the same values. And that's kind of been my saving grace is like some of the most beautiful people in my life. Um, through nutrition school, through meeting my husband, Kevin, um, through the group of women that um, I now call my dear, 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 amazing friend. Like they are my soul sisters. Um, it's the people I think that see something in me that I didn't see mm-hmm. and that encourage me, you know, through this progress of changing healthful pursuit and, you know, starting up Love Rebel one of my girlfriends was like, no, you need to do this. Like, what, what are you doing right now to make this happen? Mm. And they're, they, they see something that I haven't seen yet. And I think that's, that's been the thing that propels me forward over and over and over and over and over. I mean, what a testament even to that coworker of yours years ago to just like have the ability to, obviously this person was probably a, a pretty high vibe person and to be able to see that in someone else and, and do the work to lift them up a little bit and to give them the exact words they need at the exact right time. Um, it takes a special person yes. to be able to do that. But I think we all have that capacity and that ability. And I think working on ourselves in the way that we do here on Unstuck, and I wait, and I know the way that you do on Love Rebel too. Um, this is what can then help others. Like as we work on ourselves in this way, it then we will be that person that can see the light in someone else, and that is so cool to think about. It's so cool to think about, like that one little. Like he just came by my desk and he said like maybe three sentences, and it changed the course of my life. And now I've I don't even know how many people I've been around that maybe I've said something or um, done something or written something in a book or whatever, and they've lit up. Like it's it it's inevitable that our world is changing, and it's just so cool to see how exactly like what you're saying is when you work on yourself and you come home to yourself and you love yourself completely and you see that you are worthy, you're going to see that in other people. And that when you start to see light in other people, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. like it is, it is beautiful. And then, oh, it's so magical. I love it. (laughs) It's my most favorite thing. And to be in that place, it's just, it's a true gift, not only for the people that you're touching, but also for yourself to feel like no matter where you go and who you see, you see the light in absolutely everyone. And it's just like, 
every time we go to land, I'm like, hello, brother. Hello, sister. <laughs> hello, light. Just beautiful people. And um, we're saying hello to everyone. And we're just so happy to be there. Like it changes everything. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a true gift for sure. Now, I want to talk a little bit about your re- relationship with Kevin, because I've met Kevin before. I've seen you both. You guys are both amazing uh, (laughs) and a great couple together. But I know you've been through some challenges, especially during this time where there was a lot of transition, um, a lot of different energies coming in and a lot of stress involved in all of this. So what has happened as far as your relationship as a couple in these past few years? Oh man. Oh man. (laughs) Do we have enough time time you have? (laughs) Um I am so lucky. I was actually telling that to Kevin the other day. Like, how is it that our how is it that we met, that we're here, that we're doing this together? Like to have a partner that is the challenge. Like we're both we challenge each other a lot. Like he you know, when I met Kevin, he was the workaholic just like me, but like way worse. Like he alphabetized his cereal. <laughs> he woke up at three o'clock in the morning every morning, was at work at 4 a.m., worked until 9 p.m., wow. went home, had a bowl of pasta and went went to sleep and did it all over again. And like that was very okay to him. He just like it was all work. He had no plans of getting married, no plans in dating, no plans in anything but working. And so to see him now, like that was 2008 to see him now 12 years later like napping in the afternoon <laughs> in a hammock on the beach <laughs> is like whoa but i think over the last couple of years i mean it has been challenging for me i'm to step into more of a spiritual space um with somebody who's very logical who doesn't have a lot of empathy um who's very like whenever i get upset about something he's like compartmentalize leanne and i'm like that's not I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like I feel everything. I'm so empathic. So that's been challenging for me. But I think when I communicate to him, you know, I just say like, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm doing. And I don't push anything on him. I made that mistake of just like talking too much to him about this stuff. And I feel like because he's more of a masculine essence in our relationship and I'm more of the feminine essence and this goes beyond gender like you could have a male in a relationship that's more of a feminine essence and the female in the relationship that's more of a masculine essence or you know if two women are together uh, one could be masculine one could be feminine essence so when you're in this relationship with this person and you are the feminine essence saying like you know, I have all these things, the masculine essence thinks, well, I got to fix it and I got to do it because like she's doing it and I got to do it. And that can cause a lot of conflict. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, what's been really important is that I create that separation. And it's so hard sometimes because especially when we're out on the water and I have no one to talk to, you know, to be like, oh, I really, I came up with this new technique in my sessions and it was so cool. And like, I saw this stuff and like, I can't, like, it's just too much for him. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, that part's been interesting. And I think you know, like we have our ups and downs. There are times where I'm like, there's no way that this is going to work long-term. I, I can't see you. I can't be around you. Get away from me. <laughs> and you know, like, and that, I, that I think is totally natural. And I don't think a lot of people talk about the fact that being with a person long-term is challenging. You know, <laughs> there are days where I, I'm so frustrated and he's so frustrated, but I think at the end of the day, I have started to understand that when there is conflict, it's not just his problem. And I think for a long time, whenever there would be conflict, I'd be like, oh, you're such a jerk. Mm -hmm. And then I'd make it his problem. And I'm learning that like, 
oftentimes he's reacting a certain way because I've challenged him or I've um, doubted his ability and I do it in a very not so nice way. Um, so that's been really helpful for me to kind of have the, um, it's like the guts I get, like, it's, it's not comfortable to, to look at yourself in a pure light and be like, okay, Leanne, how are you contributing yes. to this conflict? And where, where do you need to work through this? Cause it's really, it's so much easier to just blame everyone else. Um, but I think lately I've been like, okay, we just had a conflict. What was my role in that conflict and how can I shift the energy right now so that this doesn't happen again? Mm. And if I can do that, then he kind of, he takes my lead on that and we have less conflict, but it gets, it gets a lot more tricky. You know, like we had a lot of issues with our boat. Um, we came back to Fort Lauderdale after cruising a while and we did an install, which went sideways and it cost us way more money. We were in the, we were in the city for way long. Like we were supposed to be there two weeks. It took 10 months. Mm. We ran out of money. Like we had holes in our boat. Nobody would fix it. There were lawsuits. Like it was just crazy. And to watch Kevin just like completely take control of the situation and to allow him to do this, even though I had a lot of things to say and I wanted to control everything was really huge in our relationship of like, babe, I trust you. You're just going to do this. I'm going to do this over here. And you let me know if you need support. Mm -hmm. I think having that space is huge for us at least of just, I trust you. And you let me know if you need anything. And so he's he do, he's not involved in the meditation or the crystals or the energy healing or anything no. like that. He's not interested and not no. not part of that. But he has he gotten to a place where he understands what you're doing and why and and how it's helping you. You know, I think he definitely sees a shift. Like he says that often. Like you're just different. This is so great. You know, you're you don't um, react as much. You're not as stressed. There's not as much anxiety. Like we say that a lot, especially with the boat stuff, because I used to get really anxious being on the water. Um, but you know, he'll let me practice Reiki on him. Mm. Like I do Reiki on him often, and he like goofs around, you know, but I I know that he can feel stuff and he can feel stuff, but like he's not gonna like straight up say like oh man that was such a great whatever yeah yeah um but I think he just respects that like whatever Leanna is doing it seems to be working for her and I respect that um I think it's different if your partner is like challenging you or disrespecting yes. your path and sometimes they don't even mean to do it you can even say like hey this is really important to me and I found something that something that makes me feel really good you don't need to be involved in it, but I hope that you'll respect that this is making me feel really good right now. You know, um, I, I thankfully haven't had to do that yet, but I know that I definitely have that in my back pocket should it happen. But I think sometimes, you know, if people don't understand, sometimes they make jokes about it or like they don't mean to. They're just like, ha ha, that's so funny. Like, look, your crystal's going to make money show up out of nowhere, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, and you can just say like, that's not how this works. And um, you know, I'd hope that you'd respect what's making me feel good. And it's never been an issue. Right. Well, it's so nice too, that you have this as kind of your sacred practice, like the thing that you do for you, your own space for it. And yeah, I think that is just really nice. It's something that is uh, unique in you, 
versus something that you do as a couple. And I think it's important to have those things, especially when it's something that's so like nurturing for your body and your soul and your spirit. Um, so I think that's really nice to have it be a sacred thing for you. Yeah, I really like the sacredness. In fact, I have been doing yoga for like 12 years. And recently, Kevin said that he wanted to come with me to yoga class. And I was like, so not okay with that. <laughs> I had to deal with like so much stuff to the point where at that point, I wasn't conscious enough to know how I was contributing to like forcing him not to do it. Finally, he just like stopped doing it because I created this like horribleness around him coming with me. So like, I'm definitely preparing myself now to the point where someday I know he's going to be like, can I, can I hold that crystal? Uh -huh. And I need to be prepared to be like, okay, I need to open my space because he wants to learn. So I'm, I'm definitely soaking up the sacredness of it. And just like, I have my little bliss room on the boat with all my things. And I look forward to meditating every morning and night. And I look forward to having that space, but also knowing that when the time comes and somebody, maybe it's Kevin or a friend or something, I have to be okay of letting them into that safe place. And, you know, that I definitely want to be ready this time because I wasn't ready with yoga and it like kind of blew up in my face and it was like hor horrible for a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me more about this like intuitive healing that you do. What is, what is involved? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so great. It so sounds amazing I'm, by the way. It's so great. I should do a session for you. Will you let me yes, do a session? Yes, I would for love you? to. Oh, okay, great. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm yes. Excited. Um complimentary session. Okay, great. Um so during my session, I combine a couple of techniques. Um some of them are learned through multiple humans that I've met along the way. Um uh, some of them are things that you might have heard of like emotional code um and reiki a but because I have a very strong intuition, I can usually sense things also. So I generally start the practice by um, sealing the space. I almost imagine like the both of us like in a little box, like a safe little box filled with light where we can just do our work safely. So I seal all of that. Um, I make sure that your higher self is cool with the work that we're going to do because sometimes your higher self will be like, no, she doesn't need Reiki. She needs something mm. else. Um, so that's really fun. Like sometimes they're like, she just needs to meditate for 30 minutes and you just need to be there with her. Like, wow. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and they don't come in messages. Like I've been asked, like, how do these messages come? Sometimes it's through muscle testing. So basically I seal the space. I connect with you, um, through the field. So imagine it like a bunch of Christmas lights. This is how I imagined it as a kid. And it's just stuck with me. Like way back in the eighties, there would be like a, a string of lights and you'd take out one light and the whole string would go down. Mm -hmm. And so as a kid, I used to imagine that I was finding the, your light and making sure you were plugged in so that all the string of lights on the entire world, like every little being would be all there. I would find your little light and we would tap in together because we're all connected. And then I would just work within that light space. So that's how I imagine it now, even as an adult of like, we're just going down the Christmas lights, finding yours, diving in. Um, we seal the space and then I usually start with Reiki and I'm guided to certain areas of your body. And when I get to those areas, um, sometimes there are emotions that need to be decoded because if you think of almost like, okay, imagine you're walking down the street and this has probably happened to you before and you see this human that is just so happy. Like you can just tell they're happy and 
they're just like the energy about them. They're like broadcasting this frequency of happiness and then they make you happy and you're like, wow, what a great human being. Mm -hmm. And then maybe a couple days later, you're walking down the street and you meet this person or they just walk by and you can just tell they're in a rush and they're grumpy and you just like get this vibe of like, ew. So everyone emits a frequency and when we're not properly embodying our our emotions, like say um, jealousy. So if we feel jealous, maybe our partner went out for lunch with their ex just because, you know, they're friends and it's no big deal, but you got jealous and you didn't talk to your partner about it. You didn't embody that jealousy and you just kind of like pushed it down. That can get stored in certain areas of your body, generally in connective tissues. So throughout the Reiki, sometimes I'll go over an area or I'll, I'll like be called to that area. It's almost like I just see something like I'll see your heart or like I'll see um, your small intestine and I'll go there and I'll just muscle test myself because we're connected and I'll make sure that I'm muscle testing you through the field. It's kind of confusing, but it, um, so I muscle test you through the field and sometimes it'll say like they're holding jealousy. So then we'll just work on that area through Reiki um, and through um how do I describe it? Almost like a demagnetization um, to release and embody that emotion fully. So generally in our sessions, like I'll write down, you know, like we felt jealousy or, you know, when I was doing Reiki here, I felt a little bit of guilt. And then it's interesting at the end of our sessions, I'll be like, Hey, here are the emotions that come up. And nine times out of 10, my clients are like, Oh my gosh, I felt like so much jealousy over the situation that happened like 15 years ago and all of a sudden it was gone. Mm. Like it just came up in the session, it was gone. So they're getting all of these snippets of emotions that last like a millisecond enough for them to like notice and then it just like releases. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's really cool. Okay, so I want to do it and then I want to sh- I'll share my experience here on the show. Oh my gosh. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because my partner is like, you have to figure out some way. She thought of this name that she really wants me to call certain episodes, which is what the woo. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. But like trying woo woo things and then like reviewing it and talking about it and the experience. I love that. Okay, deal. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really cool. And I think with so much of this stuff our again, like our ego, our logic kicks in. They're like, how is that even possible? Like this no sense. And I have those moments too, where I'm like, even when I'm talking, I'm like, Leanne, you are just too woo-woo for this conversation. But I think, you know, I see it. I feel it. My clients Mm -hmm. see it. They feel it. They're living it. And then it's like, who cares how it works? It just does. Like, that's what really matters is that you help someone. Yeah, completely. And and Mm -hmm. that's really like, I definitely feel like that's where I've always been needed. And to have had years as a kid to just practice all of this, not even knowing what I'm doing to kind of get back into it. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. Christmas lights. Got it. Field. Yep. Seal the space. Got it. Like it's just, it's second nature to me completely. So it's really cool to explore as an adult and kind of get that playfulness back as a kid where I was like, yeah, of course you just like go down the Christmas lights and find the person and do the things. Duh. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so fascinating to me that this is you know, this was on purpose. This was part yes. of the plan that you would basically choose the parents that could teach you that, which then now 30 plus years down the road, I think. How old are you? Um, 33. Yeah. I think no, oh yeah. 34, okay, 33. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, you are now utilizing everything that you were taught and have known forever. You've gone through the whole process and come back full circle. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. 
It's so cool. It's like coming home to this, yeah, to this space and remembering all these things that I thought as a kid and like the Mm -hmm. beliefs that I had before I knew all the limits has just been really fun. Like what I thought about death when I was a kid before people told me what I thought about just so many things. It's coming back to me and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, it's, it's really crazy. And I, I feel really lucky to have been guided here by a bunch of different human beings that, mm-hmm. you know, a, a girlfriend about a year ago, um, her name is Lisa, uh, at her birthday last year, I was like, I don't think I'm going to be doing healthful pursuit anymore. I don't know what I'm going to be doing, but I just, I can't, I can't talk about keto anymore. I can't just talk about this body stuff. Like I, we're so much more than a body. I just can't do it. I just want to be left alone forever. Oh, girl, like, I feel you. I oh. feel those. Ex- I mean, those exact the thoughts, exact like, words out of my mouth. All of those things. Yes. And she's like, yeah, yeah, take a break, but no, you're going to be a healer. And I'm like, what? No, you're crazy. And like, look, not even a year later. And I'm like, mm-hmm. book a session with me. Let's do healing over, you know? Like, so it's, it's cool to have friends that like see stuff, stuff before you do, but. Oh, I love it. Um, all right. So thank you so much for sharing all that. That was really, it's just very nice to hear like a different side of you almost, you know, and I can tell that it's really lighting you up and you're, you feel like at home and I can just tell by your voice that that's what's going on for you. So thank you for being so open and sharing everything, but tell everybody a little bit more about Love Rebel, your new podcast and how they can do these healing sessions and what else you have um, for everyone. Yeah. So um, Love Rebel came out of a realization um, when I was on book tour, actually, um, I realized that I had never actually truly loved anyone, (laughs) like Mm. really opened up my heart and felt love and received love. And when I shared it, a lot of people said, oh my gosh, I actually don't actually know what love means. And I've never opened up my heart and I've never felt and received love from others fully and completely. So I I wanted to start a podcast that just um, talked about love, how to love yourself, how to see love in other people and how to choose love in everyday experiences. So every moment that you're faced with something, you can choose like the lower vibration, anger, um, distrust, guilt, um, any of those emotions, or you can rise above and open your heart and choose love. So one of the first episodes I did was a heart space practice where it's really about getting out of the mind and appreciating your monkey mind and all the things that happen in your mind, but moving that energy down to your heart. And that's truly the portal to like, being at peace with everything that happens. Um, Mm. So you can find more about Love Rebel just by going to leannevogel.com. So proud. Set up my own website. Made it all myself. First time ever. No help. (laughs) Sean's like, I've been doing this for years by myself, girl. Seriously. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But still, it is like, it is so hard. It is so hard. But then I look at it, I'm like, it's so easy. Oh my gosh, this is so great. I made like I actually did it. Myself. Totally. Yeah. I did this. So Good yeah, Leanne, leannevogel.com has the podcast information on there, has session information. I also have a Patreon community um, where I share meditations, workshops, um, a, a little bit of woo-woo stuff. I'm getting into sharing light language um, transmission. So like, you know, I'm I'm getting down in there with the Patreon folks. So yeah, there's just a bunch of ways you can interact with me. Meditations I've put on there. Um, I also have a 21 step guide to really embracing your body because I feel like all this mindset work, all the spiritual practices, if you're not comfortable in your body and you're in meditation, you're like, oh my, you know, my boob is touching my belly and you're just like, 
so in your body, you can't do the work as easily. So I think Mm -hmm. one of the first steps of doing all of this is like learning to respect and accept the body that you're in so that you can do the deeper work that actually has meaning, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I have a a guide on there to help with that. So it's all at leannevogel.com. Oh, yay. Okay. We'll make sure to link that in the show notes. That is so cool. I'm so happy for you. And thank you so much for coming on the show. It was really, really awesome. Sean, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that I got to be your first guest on this show too. Of course. (laughs) Uh, And of course, we'll have you back too, because we have a lot to talk about still. Oh, so many things. So much. It's endless. Thank you so much to Leanne for coming on the Unstuck podcast today. Remember, you can see all the things that Leanne is up to over on her website, leannevogel.com, or over on Instagram at Healthful Pursuit. And if you enjoyed this show, this kind of interview style, let me know. Find me over on Instagram, send me a message, let me know what you loved. And of course, leave a review for the show over on iTunes. Let me know what you're loving. And it just means the absolute world to me. All right, until next time, take care.